Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to experience a grace that heals. Allow this grace to take your life and your relationships to another level as it frees you from the weight of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode as Joel Groh and Lynn Wilder share encouraging stories and candid dialogue that can help you experience a grace that heals. Welcome back to the Unveiling Grace podcast. I am Lynn Wilder. And I'm Joel Grote, and we're really glad you're back with us. We're kind of doing our take and response to the whole coronavirus, COVID-19 crisis and how that's disrupting our lives and how we can find a grace that heals. So um, these are kind of different podcasts than what uh, you and I usually do, Lynn. So we just want to say to people, if you're new to the podcast, if you just happen to be tuning in or listening to us for these, we have close to 80 episodes now that are available at unveilinggracepodcast.com. And so many of those are stories uh, with other people. Very often, Lynn and I will have a guest who will share their story, um, their transition out of performance-based religion, how God has showed up in their lives, how he's restored their marriages, and we've had people who have been saved from suicide. People have been um, on the ground with a gun to their head in some kind of business deal gone bad. Um, anyway, there's, so there's lots of great stories, and those are all available on our website. So, And Joel and I are both in ministry to Mormons who have questions and Mormons who are leaving the faith and investigating biblical faith. I was once LDS. Joel never was, but he certainly has had 40-some years experience, maybe. Pretty <laughs> close that? to now, yeah. yeah, working with people in transition and people who have been impacted by that and other performance-based religions. So, yeah, and just have a huge heart for people who are in that spot where so much of their life is dictated by a religious organization. And as you were saying in our last episode, the response when things start falling apart is so often... Um, fear or shame or a sense of what have I done to make God mad at me that has caused this to happen and what we're saying is that's just not true that's not the God of the Bible that's not how he uh, deals with us now you'll be hearing scriptures today because as we turn to God we turn to his word because that's how he speaks to us in this day not through a prophet but through his own word. Um, Psalm 4.8 says, In peace I will both lie down and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. Amen. Um, oh, yes, Lord I love has that psalm. This pandemic, um, it's all right. It doesn't surprise him. No, um, he is well aware of what's going on, and he remains a very present God who wants to show up personally for people. So, you know, Joel, in in my years of ministry now, I found that a lot of people who decide that Mormonism isn't where they want to be anymore will officially leave the Mormon church, but not come to any other kind of faith. Yes, unfortunately. Um, often they will just say, I'm agnostic, I don't really know, or they will turn to atheism, right? Well, here's 
And and that used to break my heart. I used to think, oh, if you would just investigate the biblical Jesus, just realize this is a different Jesus than what you knew. This is a whole different gospel, a whole different paradigm than what you knew. But what I've seen is sometimes people that go to that agnosticism or atheism for a time or for even several years 20 years yeah we've talked to people who for 15 20 years have moved into that agnostic atheistic camp then a crisis will come just like this covid 19 virus and turn your life upside down and then it, again you begin thinking whoa didn't i once believe in god is there a god why does this all look so confusing and is there a God I can turn to? And, and what often happens in trials, troubles, and crisis is people go face down and again pray, maybe for the first time in 20 years. And those are good things. Absolutely. In fact, um, the psalm that um, I have in front of me is Psalm 4. And verse 1 starts out, Answer me when I call, O God of my righteousness. You have given me relief when I was in distress. Be gracious to me and hear my prayer. And that God is still there. You can call out that prayer any time of day or night and know he's there um, to hear you. And that's kind of a really good lead in. I don't know if you set me up like this on purpose, Lynn. Um, <laughs> by the way, I'm in Michigan. Um, Michigan's under a state stay-at-home order. Lynn is in Florida, so we're doing this remotely. Um, so I we're mean, keeping our social distancing even as we record the podcast. My husband was up with Adams Road yesterday, who's about three and a half hours away from us, and Orange County, where they live, just got quarantined as well, and I was afraid he wouldn't be able to get home, but they said tomorrow the quarantine starts, so... Oh, so, so he, he can head out. Okay. He turned around and came right home, so good. God's, God's good. So anyway, what we talked about, what we kind of ended with um, in the last episode was we were talking about the several positives that can come out of something like a crisis. And the first one that we talked about at the end of the podcast was the fact that disruptions have the great potential for producing depth. So when our life is disrupted, we're pushed to go deeper with God or find him. And then kind of what you were alluding to is this idea of when there's incredible chaos, chaos has a way of uncovering our true values. So, you know, when our past normals of travel and work and school and vacation suddenly dissolve into absolutely scary uncertainty, we start to realize what it is we really most want out of life. And again, I think the contrast here between those that are in a performance-based religious group like Mormons or Jehovah's Witnesses or even Seventh-day Adventism, and even to some degree, people who are caught up in what's called the prosperity gospel, where the whole the whole framework is, if you just do the right things and if you just, you know, either manipulate or tell God what to do or have enough faith, then he's going to prosper you with health and wealth. And but that's not the God Say of the, the right Bible words, and that's pray not the right scripture gospel. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So these times of chaos really kind of tend to uncover our true values. And, and that's a good thing. I mean, we should <laughs> we should have those uncovered because if our values aren't eternal ones, then maybe it's time to do a values trade in. No, we tend to realize we're selfish, right? 
We, we want yeah. that last roll of toilet paper. We want to make sure that our cabinet has all the food it needs and uh, our kids don't get the disease. And you know what? That's, I mean, some of those things are very normal, but some of that also could be selfish. And so, you know, when you squeeze, what's in there comes out. Right. And... And again, it's not that Christians, people with relationship with God, don't want good things for themselves and their family, but that's not the ultimate reality um, that we're after. Uh, we hopefully, during times of crisis, find ourselves desiring more of God, and we find ourselves, instead of desperate to simply return back to normal, we're desperate for a fresh sense of His presence. Um, to experience him in new ways. And of his word. I mean, certainly it's a time to open your Bible if you haven't for a while. And look at the red letter direct words from Jesus. Matthew 24, he predicts some of these things. And it's nice to hear what he has to say rather than what some man's opinion is. Right. And so to go to scripture, and I've encouraged people because... The response I've gotten at times, Lynn, for people when I say, but, you know, the Bible is so alive. It is so there. It's living and active. I, the response I've gotten from some people is, oh, it's just ancient literature. It's dry, dusty. I mean, the words haven't changed. It's the, and for those people, uh, what I've done, and I've even done this as I've done some teaching, is said, okay, let me, let me challenge you in terms of how you look at the Bible. When you go to the Bible, you can either look at it like a picture on a wall, which is static. And anytime we get a new picture, we, we love it. You, know, you bring home a new picture, you put it on the wall, and for the next week or so, like every time you walk by, it's like, wow, so glad I have that picture. It's an amazing picture. But after a while, you don't even notice it anymore. In fact, you might have somebody come to your house six months later, and they walk in, and they go by the picture, and they go, wow, that is such a cool picture. And you're like, oh. Yeah, that. I kind of forgot it was there. And it's because it's static. It's unchanging. There are people who look at the Bible that way. It's static. It's unchanging. I've seen it. I've read it. I've done it. There's really nothing more. And to those people, I would say, okay, so instead of looking at it as a picture, look at it as a window. Because when you look out a window, you may have the same view, but it's always changing. There's always something new something's different and we're drawn to windows we love looking out windows especially if there's a view and so to go to the bible as a window on god on who he is and what he wants for us and what he has to say and if you and i found if i go to the word as a window i'm excited what am i going to see today how is god going to show up in this window in maybe ways that i haven't ever seen or experienced before and when you have times of need or crisis, surely there are your answers. And surely there you will get gems of things that you didn't see before because that was never your circumstance before. And so as we grow and change, the Bible seems to grow and change with us. I've just found it has layers upon layers upon layers of 
things to teach me. One day I can read this verse, think I understand it, and 10 years later I read it again under different circumstances, and it has a whole new meaning. Yes. And that's new and exciting for me. I still feel like after 13 years or 14 of being a Christian, I feel like I still know very little about the Bible. Um, God, this is a big God, and he is personal, and he teaches you through the word in personal ways. Right. And for those who may say, okay, this all sounds, but the Bible is so big, what do I do? Let me give you a tool that I found really helpful for just helping you get into the word. And there's an app for uh, your phone or for your iPad or for your computer that's called Uversion. There have to be, I don't know, well over a hundred different versions of the Bible in all sorts of different languages. But with the app and all these different versions of the Bible, so you can pick a version that resonates with you, um, that is easy for you to read. There are also Bible reading plans. There are devotional study plans. And a lot of these are grouped by topic. In fact, when I was on this morning, um, I actually just started a brand new and I've sometimes got two or three going at a time, but there was a brand new one that just showed up and it was called A Journey from Worry to Confident Hope, Praying Through the Lord's Prayer. And the author of the study is N.T. Wright, who mm. is just an esteemed Bible scholar. The man um, is now probably in his, I don't know, 70s or 80s. He's a premier New Testament scholar um, and writer. And so I just, I started that this morning and it was just not only exposure to the word, but there's also insight and some guidance. So if you are thinking, okay, Joel, Lynn, you're right. I need to get back into the word. Where do I go? Find the version app, download it. Um, right on the home page, there's plans and just pick a plan. Um, the plan right next to it is called how to stop worrying. Um, the plan next to that one is from anxiety to peace. Mm. Um, the plan after that is called finding peace with Charles Stanley, another renowned Bible teacher. Oh, the next one says anxious for nothing. Are we seeing a theme here? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, anyway, th there's just uh, a way to get yourself into the word. And when you do that, God shows up in just incredible ways. So there's my little soapbox promo. So and no, Uversion is not paying me anything to promote the app. Just so you know, it's just a really uh, great, great thing. Um, there's here. a backstory about the gentleman who owns that. He actually called me up one day, Joel. So did remind, he really? Remind oh, me cool. To, remind me to tell you that. I I will say one more thing about the word, rather than thinking of this as dead words on a dead page about past events. This literally is your connection to hearing from God. Of course, there's always prayer and there are other believers as well. But through the word, you get to know who God is, what his characteristics are, what he has said will happen in the future, and just how it is you're to deal with that. And those things should be really interesting <laughs> to folks <laughs> yes. at this point in time. <laughs> yeah. And if, because here's, I guess, here's what I see, here's where I see some people going. And I don't think this is just, I think this is Christians and non-Christians alike, is that when the chaos hits, 
So when social distancing and self-quarantining kind of wipe our calendars clean and we've got this time on our hands, for some people, what they do is they just look for something to distract themselves because if they're honest, what they feel is kind of a growing sense of unease and emptiness. And if, and if all you are is trying to fill your time with um, things that TV, don't matter. Yeah, games. TV, yeah. games. And it's, there's a place for that. There's a place for entertainment and downtime. But if that's all you're trying to fill your life with, it will not satisfy. It will leave you feeling empty. And what's happening, I think, with some people is their sense of unease and emptiness is only growing because they're no longer crazy busy. Their schedules aren't packed. And when you're crazy busy, when that sense of unease or the emptiness kind of creeps in, it doesn't take a lot to push it back away because there's so much right. else going on. And so, right. I, you know, I would say so this is a good time to stop and look and say, okay, if this is what I'm feeling, maybe what I need to do is change what I'm trying to fill the emptiness with. And if you spend that time connecting with God, because um, I really, I think, Lynn, every person who has come into relationship with Jesus, every person who is depending on uh, the grace that we talk about that lets us experience true healing spiritually and emotionally, um, People who have done that, deep down in the truest part of our new heart, we want to know God better. I mean, God's spirit is in us. God's spirit's calling us to value what he values and to love what he loves. So open yourself up to that. Mm -hmm. Nurture that. Um, Line your life with his. Yeah. Yeah. And don't ignore it. Because what you're describing, right, is people who are who are busy and distracted, but you're saying you can also be not busy <laughs> and distract yes. yourself from thinking about these things or facing things like, like <laughs> illness and death, things that you really need to think through because we're, we're all <laughs> fallible human beings. Right, and we're all fallen. We, we all are terminally ill. Um, not a one of us is going to live forever in this mortality. So, yeah, there's a lot to be said for introspection. Life. Yeah, yeah, for introspection. Um, but introspection that takes us back to God. Because I think when we take time for this quiet introspection, what we do find is that we have Jesus there, and Jesus is enough. Um, and I think that's one of the coolest things for a believer to come to that point where you go, you know what? Yeah. Um, I'm being quarantined for the next two to three weeks. I only had 10 days of vacation time left when I walked away from my office. I don't know that I'm going to go back to work before my vacation time is gone. Um, I don't know, but I do know Jesus and he's here and he's with me and he's got it sorted. So that's where, that's where I'm going to go. Jesus is going to be enough. And Jesus is enough, no matter what else I'm running into. And there's su that's such a place of peace and calm that we get to then share with others. Yeah, I think once I open myself up to the idea that he might be real and that he might actually love me and have a hand on my life, everything changes. 
uh, then your circumstances don't define you, but your relationship, your rock-solid Lord does. And there is that rock-solid Lord. Um, again, and that's that was the that was the third thing. That was the other thing we were going to talk about in this podcast was the fact that trials and tragedy reveal just how solid and dependable our anchor is. Because um, I've talked, you know, we live not far from Lake Michigan and Lake Michigan is a huge lake. It's got sandy beaches. It's great for boating. And I've been out boating on the lake when it's, I mean, it's perfect. And you get offshore ways and you drop anchor and there's just enough breeze so that you don't feel super hot and it keeps the bugs away. And really when that's the scenario and it's nice and it's calm, you've got the anchor drop, but you're not thinking about the anchor. There's nothing threatening. Um, but man, if the wind picks up and it starts blowing away from shore and the waves start getting heavier and harder and they start rocking the boat, all of a sudden you're really glad for that big anchor that's wedged down in the rocks that's keeping your boat from being blown away from shore. And I think within our lives, when tragedy and trials come along, they're kind of like the wind and the storm. They put the anchor to the test. And when our anchor is Jesus, he always holds. And I think it's a good thing to be reminded how strong of an anchor we actually have. Um, and to camp out there, there's a lot of peace when our confidence isn't in ourselves and our ability to control the boat. Our confidence is the anchor that's keeping us held in place. Or even a church organization. Or a man. Certainly oh yeah, because there's the there's Jesus. a lot, and that's the thing. Um, if your anchor is a religious organization, it is not going to hold solid. It's going to move. It's going to change. Um, it's going to become unpredictable. It could even become accusing. Um, religious organizations have a way of turning on their own people if their people start asking questions, and. Man, that's a hard place to be. You were there. What I don't want to comment on that right now. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, I won't have you do that. So um, we're kind of down to the last couple minutes of this podcast. Um, I, I love your final thought here. Okay. Can I read this? Yeah, go ahead. Joel sent me an email with some of his ideas before we began talking about that. His last point is everything we have in Jesus is something someone else needs. Yeah. Yeah. So how do we reach out to other people? How do we not make, because again, the podcast is all about experiencing a grace that heals and we want this grace to be extended to other people. So what are some ways I, so Lynn, let's just give our listeners some things that they can do to do that, to extend Jesus to other people, to be the hands and feet of Jesus during this crisis, because it is, um, there's no downplaying the seriousness of what's going on. Well, I think you can be the hands and feet of Jesus without always having to talk about religion. Yes. One thing that I've noticed in people that we've helped come to the Lord Jesus Christ's feet 
they begin to calm down. They begin to change. Their thinking changes. Their actions change. Their relationships change. And it's all positive. And so as that happens, people around them that don't know what they know are blown away. And often people are interested in that, even if they never say anything. And so a crisis, I think, is a wonderful opportunity for us, right, to be steady, to be strong, to be helpful, um, to right. not be in fear. And yeah. then if, if someone wants to know, then you tell them why. Yeah. And I think one of the things we can really do for people is to listen. So to ask, use that, uh, what some authors have referred to as a divine redemptive curiosity. So we ask people about what they are struggling with, what they are maybe fearing. And when we ask, we actually take the time to listen. We listen for their hearts mm -hmm. and we listen to them. And we don't listen to give them solutions, but we listen as much to come alongside them. Mm. So they're not alone. And often in those moments, they get to experience Jesus, even when we don't say his name, um, at least in that context. So. Yeah, so just encourage people to ask the Spirit to show you creative and responsible ways that you can provide for the least of these. We're surrounded by people in need, and we can be helpful and still be safe. Um, and so very often God will open doors and put people on your heart to reach out to. So if that's happening, man, follow those promptings of the Spirit and um, be in the Word. We will get through this birth pang, and I'll end the way I began. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times, in every way. The Lord be with you all. Until next week. So long. Thank you for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast. Join us next time for another conversation devoted to helping your life and relationships flourish. As always, you can find show notes, program transcripts, and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. For a limited time, we are offering the Wilder's book, Seven Reasons We Left Mormonism, for a donation of any amount. Go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and click on the free book button to request yours. We greatly appreciate your support for the Unveiling Grace podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals.